Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Hello, Mod Pod listeners. Welcome to those of you listening for the first time, and welcome back to those returning because you like what you've heard before. This month's episode pulls articles from the April issue of Modern Optometry, which concentrates on contact lenses. Regardless of your mode of practice, you'll surely find these articles both interesting and practical. Okay, well, let's get started. First, we'll hear some strategies for maximizing the business of contact lenses from Christopher Lopez, an optometrist to Grubenau Eye Care in Wisconsin. Let's face it, contact lenses are being commoditized. Every week, we hear more about the headaches that contact lenses bring to a practice and the trouble that looms ahead. More patients asking for a copy of their contact lens prescription so they can buy their lenses online. Practitioners trying to compete with online contact lens companies and their unscrupulous business tactics and more. Some practitioners have reached the point of not selling contact lenses in their offices altogether. How could this be? Well, I'm here to tell you that the sky is not falling. In fact, there are plenty of opportunities and systems that you can incorporate to improve your contact lens business success. Right now, I'll touch on a few of these. The number one method of improving your contact lens business is simply to get more of your patients to wear contact lenses. You can do this by asking them if they are interested in contact lenses. It's really as simple as that. How often do we encounter patients who tell us they may be interested in contact lens wear, but have been told they're not good candidates in the past? Many of our patients are unaware that multifocal contact lenses even exist. Heck, I interact with patients every week who report that they can't wear contact lenses due to their astigmatism or stigmas, as many put it. However, after a 20-second spiel educating them on the advances in contact lens technology, many feel encouraged and express an interest in pursuing a contact lens evaluation. I capture 5 to 10 new contact lens patients every week simply by taking the time to have a conversation with them about the benefits that contact lens wear has to offer. It's a great brain exercise calculating what effect an additional 20 to 40 contact lens wearers per month can have on your bottom line. In addition, data support that contact lens patients return for their comprehensive annual eye exams more often than patients who do not wear contact lenses. A greater number of visits leads to increased billing opportunities, more touch points for glasses purchases, like prescription sunglasses, glasses to wear over contacts, etc., and ultimately, more revenue growth. Here's a pro tip. Include a contact lens interest section on your patient intake form to remind patients to ask about contact lenses during their eye exam. Delegate and elevate is a saying taken from the Entrepreneurial Operating System Playbook also known as EOS. Simply put, 
Delegating tasks to staff members allows a doctor or practice owner to focus on higher level duties. Training technicians on how to over-refract and check toric contact lenses for rotation is not rocket science. It does, however, significantly decrease doctor chair time and boost clinic efficiency. Moreover, delegating key responsibilities to staff and technicians builds trust, responsibility, accountability, and empowerment. This goes a long way towards building a positive stimulating and fulfilling office environment, which is becoming more and more important, especially with younger workers. Here's another pro tip. Encourage staff to spark a conversation about daily disposable contact lenses with monthly and two-week lens wearers. Don't be shy about trialing daily wear lenses and exciting patients with a bonus set of lenses that are great for travel and special occasions. Task staff members to follow up with these patients after one to two weeks of daily lens wear and watch your daily lens wear rate skyrocket. I could write an entire book chapter on financial strategies for contact lens success, but for the purpose of this article, I will limit to briefly discussing the following. Contact lens cell prices are often, but not always, more affordable for patients when purchased online or through certain corporate entities. Therefore, some practices match the lens cell price of these competitors to reduce walkout rates. The thinking behind this strategy is that if patients are able to purchase lenses from their provider's office at the same price as a competitor, there really shouldn't be any reason for said practice to miss out on a sale. Although the strategy I've just mentioned should lead to more contact lens sales, profitability would likely remain poor. To counteract this, many practices focus on the contact lens evaluation component. The idea is to raise fees enough for an owner to feel comfortable with the revenue generated from contact lens evaluations that they can worry less about the mediocre income gained through lens sales. We can agree that it takes at least a little bit more brain power to fit, evaluate, and troubleshoot non-spherical contact lenses. Therefore, most practices charge a higher rate to fit toric and multifocal contact lenses than they do to fit spherical lenses. This can develop into quite the convoluted fee schedule. For example, there can be increasing prices for spherical, toric, multifocal, and toric multifocal lens evaluations. Complicate this by creating different rates for new and existing contact lens wearers. Some offices add an additional fee for lens application and removal training. Is it truly beneficial to make contact lens pricing this confusing? A simplified strategy is to have one flat fee for spherical contact lens wearers, aka the standard rate, and another for non-spherical wearers, a.k.a. the complex rate. Sure, it might feel unfair charging a patient wearing toric lenses the same rate as someone wearing a toric multifocal lens, but on the other hand, it would benefit a toric multifocal lens patient to be charged the same as someone wearing toric lenses. In the end, the flat rate pricing for non-spherical lens fits works to balance out the discrepancy in charges found using the older traditional fee model. 
Even better, a simplified strategy makes it easier for staff involved in this aspect of a practice. Do not forget to shop around for different contact lens distributors every so often to see who can offer the most competitive pricing. Although often less convenient, many practices still elect to order contact lenses directly from the main contact lens companies themselves, as this can be a cost savings. The contact lens arena has changed drastically in recent years and will continue to change and evolve. Ignoring strategies to maximize the contact lens business in an office is essentially leaving money on the table. Being more intentional in contact lens discussions with patients, delegating tasks to office staff, and rethinking financial approaches will lead to practice growth. Although we can discuss exploring strategies to maximize practice revenue, it is important to ask ourselves why growth is important. Some practitioners simply want to earn a higher income. Generating more money can allow practice owners to pay better wages, update equipment, incorporate newer technology, and expand services, all of which directly tie back to improving patient care. The old adage largely still holds true. If doctors put patients first, success will come. There are many other items that warrant further discussion. Specialty contact lenses, patient-centered approaches, lens formularies, contact lens terminology, increasing annual supply cells, improving daily disposable wear, and more. The opportunities for growth are truly endless. Kind of crazy that the easiest way to improve contact lens sales would be to simply ask patients if they're interested in contact lenses, right? But as they say, sometimes the answer is right in front of you. Well, we're going to switch gears now and go from practice management to a more clinically oriented topic, that of the different types of blepharitis and how they affect the ocular surface, which Ashley O'Dwyer, Chief Optometrist at Indian Health Service in Brimley, Michigan, and co-owner and optometrist at the Eye Guys in Wasilla, Alaska, will tell us all about. But first, let's pause for a short message. Support for this podcast comes from Bryn Mawr Communications. BMC produces a number of informative podcast series spanning a variety of topics in optometry. Discover a new show at itube.net slash podcasts. Ready to learn about when blepharitis interferes with contact lens wear? Here's Dr. O'Dwyer. As eye care providers, we're familiar with blepharitis and know that it's generally identified by inflammation of the eyelids. However, it's far more complicated a condition than that and can be broken down into different types based on the location of the inflammation. Patients with any form of blepharitis tend to present with similar symptoms including contact lens intolerance, eye irritation, chronic red eyes, and foreign body sensation. The location of inflammation and type of blepharitis does matter in how the condition should be treated. Thus, it is important to correctly identify the type of blepharitis to ensure use of the proper treatment. It's also important to recognize that chronic treatment is often indicated, 
I'll explain how to differentiate between the types of blepharitis and review the contact lens complications it causes that are associated with each lens type. We can separate blepharitis into two main types, anterior and posterior. Anterior blepharitis is recognized as inflammation of the lid margin. Staphylococcal, seborrheic, and demodex blepharitis affect the lid margin and are char characterized as anterior blepharitis subtypes. Posterior blepharitis is defined as inflammation of the meibomian glands, as seen in meibomian gland dysfunction. Staphylococcal blepharitis is characterized by scaling, crusting, and erythema of the eyelid margin with circular collarette formation on the base of the cilia. Seborrheic blepharitis is characterized by greasy scaling of the anterior eyelid, often seen on the eyebrows and scalp, as well as on the eyelids. Failure to treat either form can lead to ulcerative blepharitis, which is clinically characterized by loss of lashes, punctate epithelial erosions, infiltrates, and corneal neovascularization. Demodex blepharitis typically involves cylindrical dandruff, while staphylococcal blepharitis appears flakier and more circular. To determine what is happening on your patient's lid margins, simply have them look down. Cholerets are pathognomonic for demodex. To make a definitive diagnosis, extract eyelashes from the lid margin and view them with high magnification to determine whether there's a demodex infestation. Demodex is also commonly associated with ocular rosacea. MGD is characterized by telangiectatic vasculature along the lid margin, saponification of the meibomian glands, thick meibomian gland secretion, atrophy of the meibomian glands, and thickening of the lid margin. Coexisting conditions typically include rosacea or seborrheic dermatitis. Staphylococcal and seborrheic blepharitis have been successfully treated with lid scrubs, 0.01% hypochlorous acid, topical azithromycin, and mechanical debridement. Demodex blepharitis can be treated with 50% tea tree oil, and some improved effect has been found with intense pulse light therapy. Meibomian gland blepharitis is typically treated by debriding the glands using IPL therapy, warm compresses, oral doxycycline, topical azithromycin, and oral azithromycin. In addition to these options, each type of blepharitis can be treated with off-label topical corticosteroids, which have been shown to demonstrate some efficacy in the short term. Even with correct diagnosis and proper treatment, blepharitis is known to be chronic, requiring long-term management. Long-term treatment should be focused on the etiology of the inflammation. Blepharitis can cause disruption in the tear film, making it problematic for patients to be comfortably fit with contact lenses. However, there are ways to minimize such complications and help keep patients in their lenses, depending on the material and treatment modality. In the case of blepharitis and soft contact lens wear, we need to consider the effect this condition has on wear time and overall patient comfort. Blepharitis can lead to increased deposits on contact lenses and consequently increased discomfort. Therefore, daily disposable lenses are preferred over monthly replacement lenses for patients who wear soft contact lenses. MGD is also associated with giant papillary conjunctivitis. 
The degree of GPC may correlate with the severity of blepharitis, although treatment of GPC will help improve blepharitis and contact lens intolerance. It may be beneficial to alter the contact lens material to improve the papillary response in contact lens discomfort. Rigid gas permeable, or RGP, lenses are necessary for some patients. However, because of the tear film disruption secondary to blepharitis, deposits on these lenses wearing RGP lenses can become a problem, leading to reduced wear time and comfort. In addition to being treated for their blepharitis, patients should be educated on maintaining a more rigorous cleaning regimen for their RGP lenses. This may include using a lens cleaner, such as Progents, or Boston Advanced Cleaner. Adding a treatment to their lenses to decrease deposits or having in-office lens polishing done. Whichever method or methods are employed, keeping the lenses free of debris will increase comfort and decrease infection rates. Scleral lenses can also be a good option for patients with blepharitis if care is taken to ensure that they have clean lid margins for best success. It is important to be aware that these lenses tend to accumulate more deposits, which can lead to poor visual outcomes. Adding a coating to the lens can help increase the wettability and decrease the buildup of deposits. It is worth noting that coating can limit the cleaning options available for the lens. Placing the lens on the eye with a conditioning solution on the anterior surface can also help decrease deposits improving visual and comfort outcomes. Blepharitis is common, but can be easy to overlook. With vigilant differentiation of blepharitis type, use of appropriate treatment, and proper patient expectations, we can increase positive clinical outcomes and prolong the use of contact lenswear for our patients with this chronic condition. Blepharitis is a nuisance, but also so much more, causing disruption to the tear film and making contact lens wear uncomfortable. Hopefully you found Dr. O'Dwyer's tips useful and will be able to apply them in your practice. We'll be back next month on the Mod Pod with more articles from the April issue of Modern Optometry, so even if you don't have a chance to read the issue, keep it on hand. There are lots of great tables, figures, and graphs to look back on later when you have time. For now, we have you covered, and we'll get you caught up with the articles themselves. As usual, we invite you to write to us at K-R-O-M-A-N at emctoday.com with your comments, suggestions, etc. Until next time, be well.